0: Thank you. Hey, everybody. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? That's excellent. Well, it's great to uh, be here again, actually. This is really cool. And I do feel like I'm at home and to see uh, my pastor and actually former first lady and Pastor Scott. And you're like, that's President Hagen and Mrs. Hagen. Yeah, I know. That's Pastor Scott and Karen. I know. Family. But uh, And then thank you, Desiree, for making my visits always so great and helping me get here. And I'm just excited here. And I want to echo actually what President Hagen said about worshiping God with abandon. Never, ever, ever be ashamed of that. And also, don't assume that it has to happen at an altar. Your altar is wherever you show up. Sometimes I'm at a meeting, but I'm also at the altar. Sometimes I'm giving companies counsel, but I'm at the altar. I'm at a conference table sitting down talking with the CEO, but I'm also at the altar. It's just the place where I connect with God and I get downloads. It's a place where my heart is open to him, and I'm saying, "God, I need your help, because I know these folks right here. They need an answer. And so don't just localize it. Of course, we love coming here, but don't localize the altar. And you carry with you in your heart, right? It's the place where you and the Lord commune, where you know he's showing up with you. He's got your back as you walk into different places. And it's just such a wonderful thing. Remember, we talked about it last time I was here. I said, you know, wherever we go as believers, we carry, we are carriers of the atmosphere of heaven. So when you show up, heaven shows up with you. And sometimes the only access that people have to heaven is through you. Because they don't know what the kingdom looks like until you explain it to them, until you introduce Jesus to them. Then they can see the kingdom. So whatever major that God's placed on your heart, whatever place he's called you into, just know that there's no place in the walk of a Christian where it, where it, it separates Sunday from Monday. Right. Kind of in the Hebrew tradition, it's actually time is looked upon as a circle, not as a line. And so it's everything that you do. It's everywhere you go. It's whatever place you find yourselves. It's whatever class you take. It's wherever wherever you find yourself, know that you are representing him. And that's a wonderful thing. So whatever your major is, be it music, be it finance, be it sales, be it whatever that might be, whatever it is, design. You are there as an ambassador for him. Don't let anything tell you or anyone tell you that it's supposed to be separate because you got the God factor. I tell my kids, uh, Brandon and Brooks, Brandon's 23, Brooks is, Brooks is uh, 20. I'm like, when you walk into a room, heaven walks into a room, that is, that is, that's your advantage in the marketplace, is him. He's our advantage. So whatever that is, just know that you've, given, you've been given the mind of Christ to speak truth. To provide wisdom and insight and revelation and answers to people that don't know how they're going to get from point A to point B. But you know him. And so he's giving you the spirit of wisdom and revelation to impact the culture that we walk in. You know, God's not afraid of what's happening right now outside, around the world, all this different craziness and kind of this weird stuff at times. He's not, he's not afraid of it. He's like, okay, and so what are you going to do? Oh, God, hurry up. Jesus, come quickly. It's like, Wait, uh-uh, no, 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 no. What are you going to do? He tells you to occupy until he comes. Not get into a bunker and call heaven down. So what are you going to do? Right? The government shall be upon his. Where are the shoulders connected to? The body. Who's the body? So guess what? <laughs> right? It's, up, it's really, we have to take part in this. Right? This, we pray to get up off of our knees and do. We pray to get strategies and get up and do. That's why we pray to actually be his extension and his reach and his hands. Right. That wasn't my notes. But anyway, let's go. So real quick. So what I want to do is just real briefly with the time I have is to talk to you about um, as we kind of are, we find ourselves. I think one of the biggest needs, things that we have need of right now is the need for dialogue. And to have dialogue in a way where uh, it is affirming and it is problem solving and it's real and it's not PC. And sometimes that can be rough. And in the world that's digitized by cell phones and texting and TikTok and all kinds of stuff like that, what's happening is, is sometimes we let that replace face-to-face conversation which can be real time it can be messy it can be intimidating but nevertheless it has to happen so what I want to give you I don't I don't know if I can get through all of these but I want to give you just some guides what I call them guides for dialogue and dialogue that we can connect through and connect on and you can connect with another person because here's the thing if we are to see something different in the marketplace, and if we are to see something different uh, in culture, we're the ones that make the difference. Let's quit waiting for someone else to kind of do it. And let's quit asking, let's quit waiting for permission to do it. Just walk out and begin to do it. But I also understand that we sometimes need some different equipment through which to do that. So I want to talk to you about what I call guides for dialogue. So it's kind of, half class, half teaching, half preaching, <laughs> all right? So Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat its fruit. But, oh, cool, thank you. Wow, way to go, Tech. Uh, so, but, so we understand that there's life in our mouth, but there can also be death in our mouth, right? And, and notice it says that what you plant, you eat, so what does that mean? You don't want to plant in someone's, in someone's life the stuff that you don't want to harvest in your own. It bothers me when I see a chef that does not eat his or her cooking. That concerns me. I'm like, and I'm supposed to eat this. Right? Don't leave me here to suffer through this bowl of whatever it is. Right? Right? But understand that that's a spiritual law. You don't want to plant in someone someone else's life that which you don't want to schedule for your own. And so when we speak life, just know that you're also planting it in your own. And guess what? And I know that every single person here, you've come from some experience, some household where you've heard things said. You've been taught a certain way. Some of you haven't even experienced someone that's different from you until you got here. That's neither good nor bad. It's just a balance sheet. It's a point in time. It just shows you where you are. But guess what? God doesn't judge us for who we are, but for who we refuse to become. Change is part of a Christian's life. Change is part of our lives. So the point is, you are where you are, but guess what? God's like, let's take a walk. I'm going to show you something different. And the thing is is that we have to be willing to engage in life with someone that's different from us otherwise we can't grow. Isn't it interesting that in our own kind of in our own flesh we want to run towards people that are that look most like us, that act like act most like us, but the scripture talks about unity coming through difference. John says I looked around and the throne of God, and I saw every tribe, every nation, ethnos, by the way, and every, and every tongue. So God's trying to push us to have community with people that are different from us, not that look like us. Paul says we should not know each other by the flesh, but by the spirit. Which means that this whole idea of running towards comfort But it actually kind of indicts us because we're comfortable in the wrong thing. We're comfortable in rooms where people think and act just like us. And God's saying, it's comfortable, but you're not growing like you need to grow. So what are you going to do as students, as parents, as leaders? You've got to put stuff in people around you so they get comfortable at being uncomfortable whether you lead your teams, and when you God blesses you with kids, and how do you raise them up? If they're going to have, if they're going to reflect God's heart, they have to value what he values. We have to value what God values. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, they all look different, but they were saying the same thing. So we don't have to be uniform to be unified. So when we talk about guides for dialogue, let me just give you a few with the time I have. So one of the first lessons is is when you're talking with someone that's different from you, as you're building this bridge between this, this person, this community, try not to freeze people in time. People change. Somebody that you didn't get along with five years ago, all of a sudden, if you allow them to not be frozen in time, guess what? They can change. You can say, man, this is... You're an amazing individual. But we didn't get we didn't get around. We didn't get along five years ago. It's because people change. Never, ever freeze a person in time, because then you are judging them, by the way. You're saying that God can't change them. So when did you become God, Junior? People can change. Isn't that great? God invested his son in us because why? He knew we could change. We were dead. Now we're alive under him. We were in darkness. Now we're in the light of his marvelous son. We were poor and wretched and, de- and just depraved. And now he's given us his track record. He died a death that he didn't deserve so we could live a life that we don't deserve. Why? Because he knew we could change. So let, don't freeze people in time. Another one, assume positive intent. First Corinthians says, love believes the best. And I know we make mistakes. I know we get it wrong. It's a gift we all have, right? But the whole idea is you want to believe the best of the person. It felt like they were trying to come at you in some way. But you know what? Maybe it's just the fact that they don't, they really don't know what they're doing. And they don't have the skill set to kind of, Reach you. And that's when you assume a positive intent. And even though it feels strange sometimes, reach back to them. Right. Because they may have been just trying to build a bridge with you, but they don't know how. You bring them in. Right. So assume positive intent. Also, use I statements. Speak only for yourself. In other words, don't say, well, you know, they say, who's they? Like, I mean, where is it? They, they Inc.? Like, who, where is this? Is this a think tank someplace? Because they, boy, they got a lot of authority. They, got, they, got a, they just come up with the they come up with the best ideas wherever they are. No, own up for your statements. Here's what I think. Here's what I believe. Here's what I experienced. Notice I'm not passing it off on anybody else. I'm owning what I'm saying and that also now know that also opens us opens me up to say for someone to speak into my life and say you know what now here's where this challenges me and that's okay have the conversation we know that families it's 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 such a it's such an amazing God idea but there's drama that happens in families so just have at it we're family talk to each other like your family We make mistakes. We say the wrong things. I tell folks, this is really much like a language. And when you take your first foreign language, guess what? You're going to misconjugate verbs. You're going to say things wrong. You're going to have a funny, weird kind of accent to the way you're trying to speak this other language. Guess what? This is the same thing. You just move through it. You make mistakes. You stumble, you fall, get back up, try it again. And in this space, there is grace. It doesn't mean that we can just say anything we want to do anything we want to because we need to be responsible about it. But what it does mean is that we give people chances when they make mistakes. We give them chances, but we still talk to them directly. If it causes if it hurts our feelings or if we're feeling some kind of way about it, we need to kind of come to the table and talk about it. That as well. So use I statements. Also, be real and be honest. Some people talk so indirectly till I don't know what they say. Well, there's several things that might be sort of kind of couched in things we might want to consider as we're maybe going down this path. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Would you please say it? Right? So have real conversations. But here's what we do as children of God. We don't have an. If we walk away from the table, we must return back to the table. The table of brotherhood, the table of fellowship. Guess what? You can't get up and walk away and and decide not to come back. You got to come back to the table. Got to come back to the table to get up and walk away and just stay away. No, that's not an option in the family. Sorry. We come back to the table and we hash it out again. If you get mad at each other, guess what? Walk away from the table, take a couple breaths, come back to the table. Why? Because that's what God wants. Have the hard conversations, but come back to the table. When furious, get curious. Something that really strikes your thinking that really comes after you that makes you angry. First of all, there's two things. Ask why you're angry. Like, what has it hid inside of you? And then the other part of that is say, you know what? Okay, now, what can I learn from that? Why am I angry? What did it do to me? Why do I feel this way? And get curious. Right. But we can't say to people to get over it. Tell you what, articulate it. Get over it. Okay, well, tell me what it is in your mind. Articulate it, which will throw them into a whole other level of study. Because you just can't say get over it and not tell me what you think it is. Because it is attached to history. It is attached to situations. It is attached to how we've been raised uh, up differently. It's attached to a lot of stuff. What is it? Practice both and Both and thinking. Sometimes the answer is not this and that. It's this or that. It's this and that. It's not to the exclusion of one group. It's not to put people to the side. It's to bring them both in the room. It's It's not saying that what you've learned as a person from grandpa or mom or dad is all wrong because there's a good part of what they said, but then they also said some things that were problematic. It doesn't make them all bad, right? So you don't dismiss them. You say, you know what? I'm going to glean what I can from them, but I'm also going to add it's this and that. There's more. As you get into the counsel of God and you get into the word, God begins to reshape how we think. And when you understand the things, some of the stuff that we learned, that we were taught, weren't, it wasn't healthy for us. And if we don't get rid of that thing, guess what? We're going to reproduce it in our kids. Kids would not have drama if they didn't have to deal with adults. <laughs> it's those adults that get in the way. So but what we can do, I know what I can do for Brandon and Brooks and my wife Barbara can do is to try to help Brandon and Brooks love the word, love God, get their answers from him and not be afraid to kind of put those ideas in front so we can kind of counsel them and say, well, you want to kind of maybe think about it this way. Another one is expect and accept non-closure. I'm one of those folks. I love checking things off. Closure, like, hmm, it's like a good meal. This is not that, though. Relationships, as we build a campus, campus that looks like heaven, we have to accept that some of those conversations are going to happen in episodes. Right? One, one plants the seed, one waters, and only God gives the increase. So you don't know if you're coming into a a, a kind of a God giving the increase chapter, or you're coming into a planting chapter, you're coming to a watering chapter. The point is accept the fact that God can work through you. He wants to, and he is working through you in all of us. But sometimes you don't see the payoff. Sometimes that conversation just kind of floats out there and it's not solved. But it you're like, wow, what just what just took place? You do your part. And understand that sometimes it's not just going to be be able to tie it up in a neat, pretty little bowl. But the conversations get rough. People get hurt. We have to be honest with each other. But we also have to do that with the mind and heart of God. Remember, we're family. Right? We're family. And we watch out for each other. We, we love each other. We, we work with each other. We come alongside of each other. And we don't give up on each other. Also, seek first to understand. That means we got to listen. Before we offer what we think is the answer, take the time to hear what the person's saying. And to know that listening takes more than just these paddles on the side of our head. Hear the person. Take time to listen to them right? Seek to understand where they're coming from. There's a reason why their tears are falling. There's a reason why they just yell. There's a reason why they look and they kind of appear to be so cold. There's a story behind the story. So we want to understand that. Sometimes when people uh, may, you know, yell or say something to you, sometimes they're yelling to a ghost that they're experienced behind you. It's a bad situation. It's a tough upbringing. It's something that they've suffered from. It's something that they heard or that they were that they experienced. Sometimes they might be looking at you, but they're not even talking to you. Give them a chance. Give them a chance, because a lot of times that's just a manifestation of some type of hurt. The next one is step up and step back. So you step up boldly when you need to say something. You step up boldly when you're trying to speak on behalf or come alongside and support somebody, but then step back to let someone else come up to the front of the table and also say what's on their heart. So you step up and then you step back. Give space for other people to kind of talk about their experience as well. And one is not better than the other, by the way. They're just different. Just different experiences. And we have to figure out what our part in God's story in the earth, how is it going to manifest through us? But every single one of us in here has a certain part of modeling God's story to humanity. And it's best done through you because he made you to do it. That's why we have seven and a half billion of us. That is just a small fraction of how God wants to get things out. So do it your way. But I would tell you, do it in a way that represents the kingdom of God. Do it in a way where everybody in the group doesn't look like you. Do it in a way where you actually are manifesting Revelation 7 and 9. Then listen actively that means pay attention. Take time. Don't assume that we have the answer. Sit down and listen to the person. Listen to their story. And everybody in the room has a story. Right? Again, neither, not any better, not any worse, just different. We have to take time for those stories. And then finally, the last one, suspend judgment. Suspend judgment. Why? Because, again, to the first one, people change. Right. And to 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 suspend that judgment gives that person a space to share their heart or talk about their experience and why they act this way or that way. It gives them space to talk about it. it. And you might not even end up where you agree with the person. But at least you've heard where they're coming from. If we are, if, if the world outside of here is to get any better, it's going to happen through what the world sees in us. John 17, 21. We model, we're the witness to the world of the reality of the Father and that the Father sent the Son. So when we talk about community... Right. Let's lean into the fact that we want the community to look like heaven. When you go to places, uh, go, go with people that are different from you, like real practical things. I love going to art galleries with my friends that are different from me because we see something very different in the paintings or in the work. But experience life with folks that are different from you. Because what will happen, and I've seen this happen not only in my life, but in, friends, in my friends lives, God will begin to change your palate, your spiritual and cultural palate. And at, you'll come into a point in your life where you come into a room where everybody looks like you, be like, and you'll be unsatisfied because everybody looks just like you. And it's God resetting what you have a taste for in the spirit. You love seeing heaven replicated in all of your rooms. So guess what? As a business leader, you're going to go and you're going to choose a team that looks like heaven. When you're hiring teachers, you're going to want to replicate heaven, right? When you go out and about, and you're working on a team, you're, I want different people around me. And now it's funny, because secular society calls that cultural competency. I call it kingdom. So I'll leave it with this thought. And that is, don't, sat, don't, act, don't settle for the ordinary. Like President Hagen said, it's not about trying to get you to express yourself in God at the minimum. We want the maximum. So I will encourage you, continue to be a God chaser. Don't ever apologize for his hand on your life. And replicate heaven wherever you go. Amen. I love you. God bless you.